episode is sponsored by award-winning book, Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot by James Allen Ross. Hey, boo things. It's your girl, Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to... Just Ghouly Things. <laughs> hey, boo things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, and we are your bootyful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So, uh, this episode is going to be a special episode, as of all of our episodes are special. But I like this to think one, so. This one's a little different, because this is the end of season three. And that doesn't mean we're not coming back. We're just going to give ourselves a couple of weeks to enjoy our hot girl summers. Yes, the hottest of girl summers. We need it after the summer we had oh last year. God. Recording yes. every single day. It was just like, you know what? We got to take some time. Yeah. Both of us have a lot going on in our lives. Yes. And it's just going to, it'll be good just for us to get a couple weeks. We'll still be posting on social media. So mm-hmm. feel free to follow us on Instagram at Just Gooey Things Podcast. I will be posting our memes and, you know, still talking to our boo things. Yes. So we're not going completely MIA. We're just going to take some time from sp- some spooky, kooky, ooky stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should probably update them on like what's going on in our lives just yes. so they think we're not bullshitting. Well, I, you know what? I was thinking, Rebecca. Um, as I was just in the bathroom and you were pulling up the uh, computer, I was thinking we really should focus less on anything about me and we should really hone in on your Vegas. Just like a, I know you're going to post more on Inside the Ring, follow on Instagram, <laughs> but we want a JGT Vegas update. Okay. So I was telling you a little bit before mm-hmm. we started recording, um, for those that didn't listen to our previous episode, I went out to Vegas last week to do some coverage on the Stevenson Nakatila fight, which for for those that aren't familiar with fighting boxing, it's traditional boxing. Because <laughs> um, a lot of people they'll think that when I cover boxing, they think I cover MMA, uh, mm-hmm. you know, UFC, Bellator. Yeah. It's completely different. Um, I don't expect people to know that, but yeah. It's, it's just with your hands. No you probably never anything. heard of it. You know. The bo- they went to a different high school. You it's, don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> he transferred early yeah. on. You wouldn't know. Um, but yeah, so pretty much I uh, reported on different reporters that were fighting on the undercard, the co-main event. Um, I, my goal was to interview at least one of the two that were a part of the main event. I was wanting to uh, report on Shakur Stevenson because he's from New Jersey himself. Mm-hmm. But he was all over the place training, getting ready for his big fight. And by the time he was able to interview, it was right after his weigh-in. And at that point, they don't eat until their weigh-in because they want to make sure they make weight. And typically, they're more, like, nasty. And he wasn't nasty at all. Like, he was cool. Um, But I just didn't want to interview him when I knew he was probably super hungry because I know how I get when I'm hungry. Oh, absolutely. Let alone not really eating for, like, a couple days. Yeah. I mean, I know how I am when I'm not even hungry, and that's terrible. Uh, So Throw in an empty stomach and good fucking luck. Yeah, it's literally, (laughs) like, the fucking third world war. So... (laughs) I was like, uh, you know what? I'll interview him after. I, I figured he was going to win the fight. It was pretty dominant him mm-hmm. going into it. The other guy was from Africa. He literally came from Africa to fight. I um, love that. Yeah, so he honestly was in it just for like, I'm in the States. Like, this is a huge opportunity for me. They don't really have a lot of like African fighters out there. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of putting him on the map, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they went the distance. Of course, Stevenson won by unanimous decision. Hopefully, I get to interview him in the near future, though, because that would be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, it was great because I got to meet people that I had. I started inside the ring 
in the middle of the pandemic. So I was interviewing these people, talking to them just through Zoom and through Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so to meet these people, and it literally seemed as if we had met a million times before in person. Like no, nothing was awkward. No, no beats were skipped. It was, everyone was super cool, took me in with open arms Mm -hmm. and I got to meet one of my idols, Christina Poncher. That's amazing. She's the female commentator that, motivated me to want to get into boxing reporting so she like came up to me Mm -hmm. she introduced herself she was like if you have any questions like here's my number we could facetime any questions like and she was just so cool we went Mm -hmm. out for dinner after the fight and she sat next to me and we just bonded over boxing and eating good food and it was just good vibes all around i love that so i was really nervous because i went out to vegas by myself i didn't have anyone there Mm -hmm. and just right, right from the first day um there was these two people that were actually Shakur Stevenson's social media people, mm-hmm. and they had overheard me saying that I was by myself. And so they said, hey, like, are, are you hungry? And I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> Not thinking anything of it. <laughs> and they were like, well, we're going out to lunch. Like, do you want to come with us? Like, we know you're by yourself. Like, And I, I was so taken back of, wow, people are actually really nice. And we went That's out That's the Rebecca magic. It was just like manifesting good energy good I vibes and um everyone that i encountered all the fighters everyone was super awesome super supportive mm-hmm. so i can't wait to go back to vegas hopefully in the near future and yes. do some more reporting um lily we have to we have to update the boo things on your life now enough about me no 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 i love this and i wanted to say what i i was you know i was telling my mom about something that happened with me at work and how my um the branch manager, my boss is a woman mm-hmm. and how um, she's kind of like training me and like showing me the ropes with almost everything I do. And the same thing with um, our old assistant manager before she got promoted was a woman. And my mom was like, what I love about that is like, she said, not like she's like old, but back in her day when she was trying to get into advertising, she met a lot of women who just like weren't willing to help her because mm-hmm. there weren't, you know, um, all of these opportunities. Like they thought, you know, I mean, it was like the late 80s, early 90s, but it was very, yeah, it was doggy dog. It was very male dominated. And she was like one of the only women at her first agency. And it was like Mm -hmm. the women were catty. Like she met um, a neighbor at one point and she was like, oh, I'm, you know, like I'm still new. Like I'm trying to get, you know, like I've been in advertising and I'm looking to like network. Do you know anyone? And she was just like, no, you know, and she was like, it's, I, you know, it's great to see like, you know, they say like, you know, like women supporting women. And I love that story of you going up to Christina and saying, you know, her knowing you, yeah, you know, and being like, yeah, like any questions, yeah, you know, cause like that also like helps you feel good. You know, it wasn't like, who's this, you know, like younger girl, what does she know? It was like, Hey, I'll, you know, especially since you looked up to her, like that's, that's mostly because I know nothing about boxing. I think that's my highlight of the story. They say they say don't meet your idols, but really, like she's someone that motivated me to want to yeah. get into this. And the fact that she was so open and willing to answer any questions and give me her number, like she did not have to do half of what she that's did. That's so amazing. So it really it it made me feel better. A lot of people online that would like talk to me that were trying to get into this too. They're like, you know, it's very, um, it's very drama based you know some people like everyone tries to kind of push down one another it kind of was like more intimidating yeah and so going into it I really didn't have any high expectations just because I didn't know yeah what I was getting into of course and just from my first experience alone I'm so glad that I went to this fight and any possible doubts that I had yeah 
kind of were brushed away in, in that moment because I met so many amazing people. I made so many connections just on that four or five day little trip. And um, it, it really it really validated for me that this is the path that I want to go in being in the entertainment yeah. industry of reporting and specifically unboxing. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, having this podcast, Just Ghoulie Things, definitely helped with my on-camera presence yeah. and being able to talk to people and kind of just knowing the ropes of technology and how to create mm-hmm. content. And so I'm really appreciative yeah. of this podcast, too, and Aww. having you by my side, being so supportive. Stop it. Well, okay. I literally, when you posted your first clip of an of the interview, I don't remember which one it was. I literally, I was <sighs> came home from work. I watched it. I think on my lunch break, maybe like mm-hmm. either the day you posted it, the day after. And I was like, they knew you were going out, right? Because they're like always keeping tabs on you. She's like, I'm like, oh my god, like look at Rebecca here. She's so official. Look at her press pass. And my parents were like, ah! and then I was like, oh my god, she posted her first interview. And like we watched it together. And they're like, oh my god, she has such a gift. And it's true, like watching you, like it seems like you've been doing this for ages. Aww. And uh, they were like, we're so proud of her. <laughs> like they like you more than me. The Baldessaris are literally my second parents, <laughs> no doubt. Like they, they ask more about me. Then they do Lily. And it's the same way for my parents. They're like, oh, how's Lily doing? I'm like, I'm fine. My mental health is fine. We're good. But also, like, we were talking about how cool it is that you were able to just, like, go there alone. You know, like, me, I don't know if it's, like, like my long history of, like, separation anxiety. But, like, me, like, on a flight to Vegas, meeting people who I really only met over Zoom, Mm -hmm. like, there's not a lot of people who can do that. And, like, that's part of, like, what I kind of look up to because like we all know like in friendships like you want to have like build off of each other and you want people to motivate you and like you're so independent and that like to me is a motivator you know like I want to be able to be like yeah they want me out in Vegas next week I think I'm just gonna fly out (laughs) you know I'm gonna go to dinner with like whoever I want do whatever the fuck I want like that's bananas to me so that was just like this was such a big accomplishment for Rebecca you guys and it's like amazing to kind of like see it happen I'm not going to lie, like, I feel like being an only child and kind of forced to Mm -hmm. do a lot of things alone Mm -hmm. definitely helped Mm -hmm. with me being able to be my own person of, like, okay, I'll just go out and do it. Yeah. And, but at the same time, too, there was points on my trip just going there Mm -hmm. where I had this, like, sense of, like, imposter syndrome, which is, like, where you feel like you're not worthy to be in the position you are or second-guessing why you're there. Like, what am I doing? Like, did I just pick up and leave and do this and just... I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. I'm going to look stupid. But then once I started meeting people and I'm so thankful the people there were Mm -hmm. actually awesome and super supportive because it could have went the other way in the sense of like, okay, you're nobody. Just who do you think you are? Yeah. Yeah. That must've been scary though. It was, but again, it was the people like really, it really does not cost anything to be nice people well we talked about this so many times on the show zero dollars to treat people with kindness yes harry styles at top rank (laughs) that's the promotional company that you know allowed me to come to the fight they were so everyone there Gardy, he was super amazing he's like their pr person and he's also like their translator Mm because he works a lot with like the puerto rican fighters Mm -hmm. and uh it just was every like literally i could not talk enough about how amazing everyone was. That's so amazing. And I it was love nice. that. Like, you're, like, you were so supportive. I felt so bad because there were points, there was, like, no service in the hotel. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, but then there were reports where like, you text me. I was, like, sending you pictures. I was so excited. And then, like, you texted me. And then I still saw that the blue was still loading on oh! the image. And I'm like, 
Lily really thinks I just up and left no, her and I, forgot. No, I knew you were super fucking busy. Like, I wanted updates, but I also knew, like, you know, I also know nothing about this kind of stuff. I'm like, I know that, especially since you were just starting out, like, any moment someone wanted to talk to you, you didn't want to take out your phone and text me. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I'm going to be here. Yes. And, like, these people, like, this is, like, your, like, uh, you know, like, this is your opportunity. Like, by no means did I want you to feel obligated to be, like, yeah, I'm at the pool. Like, no, like, you should be talking, meeting people, talking to new people and learning. Like, I was, like, yeah, like, I'm here. <laughs> like, I'm going to be here. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so that's why I texted you the second time. Like, I didn't get your text. And I said, I know you're busy, but, like, X just happened or whatever. I just felt, because, like, you were, like, one of the most supportive people in my life. And so that's when, like... I was trying to send you stuff, and then, like, text went through fine, but then the pictures, and I'm like, yeah. that's the whole point. I'm trying to send you pictures. <laughs> I'm trying no. to keep it live. No, I wanted you to know I wasn't, like, I didn't feel neglected, you know? Like, I know you're busy, but, but I, you know, anyways. But no. wait, so we have to talk about, so you have a new position at your job. And yes. how has that been going? Been, oh, okay. Sorry. That, it, if you know, you know. We'll, we'll touch on my dating life later. Yes. Um, oh, wait, we have to talk about that too, yes. Yes, um, but first, yeah, no, so my new job, my, well, it's the same branch, which is amazing, mm-hmm. the same coworkers who I really, like, cannot emphasize enough how I have the best coworkers in the world. Like, yesterday, we were leaving late, and we were just doing, like, closing procedures, but as we were doing them, like, we were just, like, chatting and, like, laughing our asses off. Like, it was the greatest, like, you feel like you go to work, and in my interview, my boss, you know, was like, oh, we operate as a family, and I was like, oh, yeah, like. Cliche. Yeah, but then I got there, and, like, open arms like they greeted me with open arms we have this new assistant manager who's um, like really cool and he's more than happy to like you know show me the ropes because like we're both new Mm -hmm. so we kind of like almost I guess are like a team because he's learning how we do things even though he you know he knows what needs to be done and how it's done but he kind of is you know still kind of getting used to everything and so like he also is able to teach me because you know him having someone who's almost a blank slate you know, it's, it's really good. So like we all get along. So I'm really happy that I was able to kind of move up, but stay at the same branch mm-hmm. with the same people and mostly the same customers. Because even though two days ago was my, uh, one year anniversary at the bank. Oh my God. Congratulations. Thank you. One year of just shenanigans and nonsense, yes. which really, I think really helps. It definitely helped the podcast <laughs> for sure. Um, it's, I'm in absolute peril with these customers, but I'm glad you enjoy it. So, but it, there are these customers who I can help and, you know, they come sit at my desk and they're like, okay, I need to do, you know, X, Y, and Z, which they didn't, might not have taught me in training. Uh-huh. But since I, I know them, you know, there was one guy, he's so sweet. I used to see him almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it was funny because, like, when I would be in the lobby, he'd come into the lobby. And when I would be in the drive-thru as a teller, like, that was the day he came to the drive-thru. Weird. You know? And I'd be like, oh, can't escape me, whatever. He came and sat at my desk to do uh, a wire transfer. And he's like, oh, my gosh, you're moving up in the world. Congratulations. And I was like, thank you. And then he, you know, he asked me, have you ever done a wire before? I was like, honestly, no. Like, I haven't. They didn't teach it to me in training. Um, you know, so bear with me. And he was like, yeah, it's cool. You know, so it's, Love people like yeah, that. like being completely new somewhere, like you have these like new customers, you have new regulars who you need to learn and, you know, you're learning new procedures with people who don't know you. Like it was, it's, it's really great, you know? And like I said, like my, my boss, she's really great about kind of talking me through things, answering questions and, you know, 
It's just it's that's that's going um pretty well. Knock on wood. Speak on speaking on jobs. I'm just looking at your shirt now. Is that supposed to be the COVID virus? Yes, this is a coronavirus shirt. Um, it's um the name of the restaurant, and we do um two runs every year. We do the um a 5K named after this like I think it was like an Olympic runner from town, mm-hmm. and the family like still lives in town. Okay. Um, we do a 5K that's on Thanksgiving. So okay. they do like the turkey trot, and then there's um, sponsored by the restaurant. We do a run, and everyone comes after for beer. And then in the summer, we do, um, they call it a lager run. So they get like whatever lagers are best in season, when whatever. When does this happen? Um, well, so it didn't happen last year. Mm-hmm. And so it says the, the lost year. year. And so instead of, you know, you run, you know, you run like the 5K or whatever, and at the end you get a ticket, and it's done at a uh, like the football field, like the track, okay. or, or through town, okay, which is like a mile long, right? It's right by the restaurant. So like people usually run and then they come to the restaurant with their ticket and mm. you get a free beer. I love that. Yeah, and then they keep drinking and then we make money. Yeah. So that's great. Um, so yeah, they redesigned the logo of the restaurant, the little circle, and put little uh, COVID viruses on it. I was looking at that and I was like, that's such a cool design. And I'm like, wait, this motherfucker has COVID <laughs> on her shirt. Yeah, my, my left boob is all COVID. And then the back says the best. And then they crossed out best and put only restaurant in town. Ah, I love yeah. that. So, um, yeah, sporting this. But anyways. Okay. Uh, oh, so. and then we have to talk about your dating life. Yes, the okay. dating life. <sighs> So this is what I wanted to tell you, and okay. it's fucking hilarious, and I told my coworkers about this. So I was talking to my mom about just, like, dating and how, like, she met my dad when she was, like, 23, you know, and she was like, I don't know, like, I never thought it would end up like this, and I was like, well, it did, you know, and she's like, yeah, I know, it's kind of crazy, and my brother's been home, and he's, you know, talking about his fiance or, no, girlfriend, sorry. Oh. Sorry. And, um, but my cousin's friend is getting married so she's always talking about like her friend and her fiance Mm -hmm. right so it's like kind of bananas and I was like literally like there was a like I can't get a text I get left on red and then a date can't like okay I had a date with a guy and then he left me on red and I was like okay bet and then the day we had plans three days later I was like, hey, are we still on for tonight? He was like, oh, I guess there's miscommunication because you didn't, you know, like, we miscommunicated. Like, I made other plans. And I was like, you left me on red, my dude. I guess that's his way of communicating that, like, I just, like, I don't want to go on the date. Yeah. I have other shit to do. So I was like, okay, yeah. And he was like, but we can reschedule. When are you free? And I think maybe, I don't know, maybe he might have, like, shot me a text. It didn't go through or, um. I think he might have texted me to confirm and I never answered. Oh, okay. I don't remember what happened, but either way. Technology these yeah, days. Yeah, but he was like, yeah, like, let's reschedule. So, like, we'll see what happens. But anyways, um, there was this TikToker. He's total, like, total piece of shit. And he was taught, he's like a pickup artist. And he, like, definitely, like, comes from money. Oh, I think I yeah. showed him to you, like, the really, like, inter- he's like, they call him the final boss of misogyny. There's a great Curtis Connor video of it. And he's just like this douchebag. He's like, oh, like you want to have a stable of women that you rotate out. And um, so I've like been jokingly like, I need a stable, right? And my mom said to me, she's like, that's not a bad idea. (laughs) I was like, what? And she goes, (laughs) she goes, when you date, you kind of need to, it's like marketing yourself. And I was like, that sounds exhausting. And she said, think about Rebecca. (laughs) I was like, go on. She goes, (laughs) 
Rebecca sits down and she submits herself because she's had seen your story a yeah. couple weeks ago. She's like, submits herself for 150 rolls in one day because she might hear back from 50. And of those 50, she might get a call back for 10. And of the 10, she might book one, right? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, why are you not doing this? You can't sit there and be like, I have no dates if you're not out there. She's like, you need to be like Rebecca. <laughs> we had to talk about this last week. Oh my gosh. She was like, be like Rebecca. Like, you know how she runs her life? Like, run her li- run your life like that and you'll get results. Oh, I'm just so surprised she actually listens to my stories in that, <laughs> to that degree. I am touched. When she is on Instagram, she's on for a long time. I'm honored. Like, when, if, if she catches your story on Instagram, like, she's into it. And then, like, she doesn't go on for a month. So she caught you at a good time. But oh, my God. That was her advice to me. It was, like, you need to be like Rebecca. Book, like, eight dates, and then, like, six will get canceled. And then you have two. And of the two, one works out. And I was like, I just got to Rebecca my way but through wait, life. But wait, that, like... I I did not realize how multidimensional that statement was. <laughs> and I am so honored. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay, so Lily, are, are you going by the Rebecca way now? I you know what? It's only been implemented for like a week. Okay. Um you know, it's kind of working out for me. We're um, swiping right. I will tell you some date horror stories. Um, there was the guy, I did get kind of catfished. This was a couple months ago. I told you about it, right? Like, he said he was a certain height, and I don't oh, mind. Oh, okay. I Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I like guys who aren't that much taller than me. I guess it's like an intimidation power dynamic thing. Okay. But, like, you know, like, when my, um, an old friend of mine, she would be like, I need a guy who's, like, 6'5", and I'm like, why? You're my height. You're 5'4". Why would you want someone that tall? Leave it for the people that are like 5'11", 6'0". Yeah, exactly. It's hard for them. But I honestly, like, I'd go out with a guy who's like my height, right? A guy who's sort of like, I don't fucking care, dude. Like, you know, but like people who are like super tall giants, I want nothing to do with that because they could squash me. Some of the most attractive people I've ever met that are guys were like 5'7". Exactly. And it's honestly that... I do feel kind of bad for guys with that kind of complex because it's like, that's something you can't change. Yeah. You know, like if someone says, I like tan guys, you can go get a spray tan. Yeah. You know, oh, I like brunettes. You know, you can dye your hair. Like, but that's something you can't alter. So like I guess that, they can get lift in their shoes. Yeah. But <laughs> like, that's, it's like that episode of Seinfeld. There's an episode of Seinfeld mm-hmm. where George Costanza um, is wearing work, like platform work boots when he meets a woman. Yes. And he's taller than her. And then when he takes them off, he'd be shorter than her. And he's like, I have to wear work boots all the time, Jerry. I'm seeing her. I got to put the boots on. But, like, that really is a shame. And I, that is something I think sh- probably should change. But Because, like, I like, 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 five inches taller max. Yes. Because I am easily intimidated. This guy, I met him online. And it said he was, like, 5'10". And I look at his picture. I'm like, yeah, he could be 5'10". Like, that's pretty much, like... That's like honestly for me a little tall, but whatever. He's like, "Do you want to meet at the diner?" I'm like, "Sure, we'll meet at the diner." I love meeting in a public place the first time I meet I a stranger on the internet. Exactly, can't complain. I show up. Pictures were way different. Again, I just I was caught off guard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. It's not like I was like, "You're not." You know, it's just like if. Are you sure it was the right person? Exactly, I was confused. He was like. 
Because I got out of my car and he got out of his car and came over. He was like, hey, you know, nice to meet you in person. I was like, what? So turns out he is one inch taller than me. That is tragic. Totally cool and with I it. I just want to let you guys know Lily is not 5'9". <laughs> okay. So him saying he is 5'10 is a complete farce. <laughs> farce? I, I, I fucking... I just thought the word and I, I wanted to use it today. That's fine. I, so anyways, <laughs> I don't even know if that's how it's used, but I love the participation. I just heard that word today and I wanted to use it. <laughs> so he... Yeah, he's like an inch taller than me. Again, I don't care, but I was... I'm like caught off guard and I'm like, that's something that someone finds out right away. Yes. Like me saying... Oh, yeah, like, I'm a six-foot-tall, like, Latino woman. Like, you know the first, before one second of meeting me, that's a five-foot-four white girl. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no way. Fake news. Yeah, fake, fakest of news. So I show up, he's one inch taller than me, and I was like, at first I was like, not what I pictured, but whatever. Like, I'm here now, he seemed cool, like, we texted and had fun, so Mm -hmm. why not? We sit down, and it said he was 25 on his profile. This kid was, like, 20. Oh, no. And he was, and I was, like, thinking about it, looking back, and it was just kind of strange. I'm like, he doesn't look the way I expected him to look. He wasn't, you know, like, a, a bad-looking guy by any means, he, you know, and he, but, like, it was, like, just diff. it was different yeah. than what I expected from the pictures, okay. which, like, we all are a little bit. Like, I photograph, like, a little better than I look in person. I feel like most people do, though. Because we have yeah. our angles. Like, we, exactly. We you can control it. Best. Yeah. Yes. So, like, I'm always nervous about that. Because I'm, like, for some reason, like, I don't know. It's just, it's different. But, um, so, I didn't judge that. But it was, like, almost a different, like, facial structure, you know? It wasn't, like, it wasn't, like... Oh, you know, like his face is a little rounder. Oh, like he has facial hair now, he or this, this, or that. He like, like full blown. Like I'm not going to lie. I used to have an app that I used to make my eyeballs the same size. Your eyeballs are not symmetric. Sometimes they photograph, and one is more round, and the other's more almond. I stopped doing it because now I don't really care. No way. But for a while, yeah, I would edit my photos. <laughs> I always had clear skin, um, but I would edit my photos just to make and it's weird because I had crooked teeth you know and like you'd think you would put good teeth but I was like fuck my teeth we all know they're bad what about my eyeballs most I can people s- like edit their bodies <laughs> make their nose thinner now Lily just changes her eyeballs I did I would just make my the most on brand thing I've ever heard in my life I was like the world knows I have bad teeth I can close my mouth but the eyeballs need to be the same size and I would just like go in like put the little Round circle on the eyeball. <laughs> so anyways, I meet him in person and I'm like, you look different. You know, you're like four inches shorter than you said you were. Not a problem, but like this isn't what I expected. And if you're willing to lie, mm-hmm. this is what, if you're willing to lie about something that is so blatantly, obviously a lie, what the fuck am I in for? Oh yeah. No, that's just a red flag. I mean, that's just call it the red flag store. Boom, exactly. Boom, 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 boom. Like, oh, I'm bringing my Yorkie on the day it's a fucking Doberman. Like, I'm gonna yes. know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I order just a tur- I order a turkey club. I'm like, it's fast. This guy's kind of strange. 
I don't know what's going on. Can't go wrong. I'm uncomfortable. It'll be fast. It took 40 minutes because I guess the kitchen was short staffed. There's only one waitress for the restaurant. And then I had like two bites. I was like, oh man, I'm full. I have work tomorrow. I got to go. And he was like, oh yeah, like me too. Right. So I get in the car and leave. And I think we were recording the next day. And I remember telling you about it. And you were like, well, (laughs) her first question after this whole saga is, well, did you take the leftovers of the turkey sandwich? And I said, I don't want to think about that date ever again. We look through his pictures and it turns out he was like utilizing his older brother who he looked Mm -hmm. enough like. Yes. There was one picture, it was a group picture and he was in it, but the focal point was the brother. And I was like, I, I, and then I felt kind of bad. You know, I was like, oh man, like this guy must have like maybe like some self-esteem issues, which <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> You're talking to like the self-esteem, like the one fo- that photoshops her eyeballs. Yeah, I photoshop my eyeballs in my spare time, so I think I know a little something about that. He, so like that must really like be a lot of pressure, you know. But at the same time, I'm gonna know. Yeah, it's one thing if you're trying to keep like an online relationship where it's just strictly like pen pal buddies through yeah. whatever dating app you're using. But if you're going to ask me on a date, unless you bring your brother as the date and pretend like that you were talking to me the whole time. Yeah, put in an earpiece or something. Yeah, I just... Mm. Yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't really a superficial, you know, oh, you know, it was his brother and his brother's, you know, like better looking... Because, like, to me, they look mostly the same. It was yeah. just, they're like, there was, like, a different type of jaw, different eye shape. And I was like, did I just get, so I got, like, pseudo catfished. And I was like, if you're, my big thing was, like, okay, like, clearly, like, you know, maybe he doesn't think he photographs well. Maybe he thinks his brother, that's fine. But, like, if you lie about something as blatantly obvious as being, like, six, you know, five to six inches taller than you really are, what the fuck am I in for? We're gonna wrap up this. Yes, I'm thing sorry. I'm saying sorry. with saying that. What are we? What are we gonna say? Lie better. Just lie better. Yeah, like I'm. It's lie about the right things. Yeah, like I don't like. I'm not out here looking for Prince fucking charming, but you know, some accuracy would be appreciated. Yeah, like not looking for Prince. Charming, but also don't come in looking like Lord Farquaad either. Like, fuck. I had no, like, honestly, I cannot stress enough. It was just, I was, it wasn't that I was upset. I was just caught off guard. And then I was upset I was caught off guard. So Fair. That's, That's that on that. That's that on that. We'll check in in a few weeks and see if I get catfished again or something. Stay tuned uh, in a few weeks. Yeah. So uh, let's start off our season ending with a, a story from you, Lily. We're going to be going through some stories that we found online, read them to you. You know the whole thing. The whole shebang. And these are just from different subreddits that we found. and just yeah. Things that we thought would be spooky, kooky, ooky, the best way to end season three. Yes. So this, my first one, is by Wacky Detective. Mm-hmm. Love the name. Called Whomever Visited Me Today. Thank you. I love the yes. use of whomever. We love that. So, this is a short one. It says, I have bad anxiety, same, and I have had a few good months, but my sister's antics have a way of sending me back to being on edge. Another story. (laughs) Anyway, very down, short of breath, I made my way to the dentist because I know I have to keep moving. I love this. My dentist is sweet, and I told her when we first met not to judge me too harshly. I went through a period of severe depression. She never did judge me. 
I told her today I was having bad anxiety, and she stopped every couple of minutes to ask if I was okay. Which, by the way, shout out to my dentist, Wayne. He does the same fucking thing. Oh, good. And he, like, announces what he does. Yeah. So, people with anxiety in New Jersey, DM me. I'll give you his info. Um, uh, She stopped every couple of minutes to ask if I was okay. I just took one breath at a time. Then, all of a sudden, I felt warmth on my left hand. The kind of warmth you feel when someone's hand is on yours. Meant to comfort you. I looked to see if her assistant was holding my hand, and she wasn't. I felt tears coming to my eyes and the tension in my body lift. I moved my right hand over to the left to let them know I knew they were there. It stayed for about five minutes and then it was gone. My parents are gone and even now I still feel adrift in the world. If I had to guess, I would say it was my papa. It, would, it very well could have been my mom, but I felt like it was my papa. I believe that your lost ones are with you. Talk to them and ask for their guidance. They walk with you still. The end. Oh, I love that. I love how that's how we started this episode because I have a story that I'll end with that's on a sweet note too. Yes. Nice little, uh, you know, peaceful, creepy, weird, whatever, and then Mm -hmm. end with a nice little sweet. Yes, we'll do like a positivity sandwich. Yes, I love that. Um, Love the sign. And I think that when it comes down to you have an intuition that this is somebody, that is the person. Mm-hmm. Because it could have been the mom, the dad, but the fact that this person was leaning more towards it was their father, just because that feeling they got, yeah. gives me confirmation that that yeah. was the father. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how you can just, you know, tell sometimes. Like, you're like, someone's here, but I'm getting this energy. Yeah. You know? That's, that's really hard. I got goosebumps reading that, so continue. Okay. So my first story is weeping angel statue that disappeared. This happened to me about five years ago. I have a house that belonged to my grandmother. Before she passed away, she signed it over to me. So ever since then, I've been renting it out to get some extra income. In 2016, I had the worst tenant ever. He lost his job shortly after moving in and didn't pay me any rent for the five months he was in there. I even had to take him to job interviews because he didn't drive, but no one would hire him. So you can't say I didn't try to give him a chance. He smelled horrible and turned the place into a pigsty, and I had to end up taking legal action to get him out, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) This is my grandfather. Why is this my grandfather? (laughs) Anyway, it was early November, right after I got the bad tenant out, and I was there cleaning up the property. I'd called a propane company to set up with a new tank so I could heat the place, and I was waiting for him to show up. So while I waited, I put a podcast on my phone to listen to and started raking the front yard. As I raked, I started thinking about all the times I had raked this lawn for my grandma when she was alive, and this calming feeling of serenity came over to me. I looked towards the kitchen window as if I expected to see her there, but of course I didn't. But I waved anyway, imagining she was there in spirit and happy to see me taking care of the place. But here was the weirdest part. As I continued to to rake the leaves by the road, I glanced over across the street. There's this house across the street that's kind of set in the woods a bit, and it was built sometime in the 80s. I know the couple who lives there. They're in their 60s or 70s, and they knew my grandma. I noticed this big, weird, quote, statue, end quote, in their front yard, and I never noticed it before. It was pretty large. I guess maybe six or seven feet tall. It was stone gray, and it looked like one of those weeping angels from Doctor Who. Um, It looked like one of them, only it had a normal female human face. Its arms were crossed over its chest, like you'd see a a deceased person's arms in a casket at a funeral. I remember thinking it was creepy, and... It almost felt like it wasn't a statue, more like a real person standing there acting like a statue, but I kind of laughed it off. The couple's Catholic after all, so maybe it's just one of those weird Catholic things. (laughs) (laughs) 
I kept glancing at it, though, and continued to be a bit creeped out by it. A short time later, I went into the house to get a drink or something, and a friend had texted me asking what I'm doing, so I replied by taking a picture of the piles I had raked up and sent it to him. By then, I had pretty much forgotten about the creepy statue. So about a half hour to an hour later, I get done raking, and the propane guy shows up, so I take care of business with him, and then I get ready to leave. It was then that I looked across the street, and the statue was gone. Mm. It was like, hmm, they must have moved it inside or something. But I don't remember seeing any activity across the street, and the couple, again, being in their 70s and 60s, didn't seem like they were the type to put a huge, heavy-looking statue in their yard (laughs) for a short bit of time and then remove it. Then I remembered the picture I took. Maybe it had been captured in that photo, but when I looked at the picture, it clearly showed the front of their house in the background where the statue would have been, but it wasn't in the picture either. Holy shit. That's when I started thinking I had just witnessed something paranormal. I mean, it was there for one moment gone the next and even if they had somehow moved the statue while I was with the propane guy it would have shown up in the picture I took before Mm -hmm. because I'd only left the yard for a minute to get a drink so what the heck did I see here every time I go to the house I look for the statue but I've never seen it again holy shit yeah so I love that this is an angel statue but it feels fucking demonic and ominous yes Yes, in the in the sense of the arms being across the body, yeah. Like a person in a casket gave me weird vibes. Yes, weird vibes. The fact it was I'm like gray, up very really like sketch vibes. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> very like stone cold, just weird. Yeah, right. I I don't know how I feel about this. I would like to say that it was the grandmother, mm-hmm. maybe like a guardian angel sort of vibe. Yes, because he just felt her presence in that moment, and then yeah. he turns around and sees a statue that he never saw before. But just sta- angel statues like that, in the way it was described, this one gives me the spooky kooky yeah. vibes. Well, it's not like it's there. You know, statues. There's always like an angel, but like their arms are out and they're like releasing a bird, like giving off good energy. Yeah. Yeah, and this one's just like, mm, what's popping? I'm cro- I'm yeah. I'm blocking myself out. From yeah. Jail. Like and just uh, yeah. yeah I don't Signaling know. like crossover arms. I am bad omen vibes all around. Yes. That story. Yes. Okay. And that's why we need the positivity sandwich. <laughs> yes. So this one is by Duskmuse711. Okay. I live for these Reddit names. Me we got to do a super cut of just us <laughs> saying. All the names. So this one is called Apparently I Babysat More Than One Kid. Mm. When I was 13, I babysat a little girl named Emma, one of the sweetest kids you could think of. I was a regular babysitter for her, so much so that when I couldn't babysit for a few months, she called all her other babysitters by my name. Do you ever have a babysitter? Um, no, never like a consistent, yeah, no. Really? Yeah. My parents didn't go out much. Yeah. My parents tried and then just like gave up. Ours was, her name was Celia. But as we were, we were, she started babysitting us as like a mother's helper when she was like 13. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she would like go to the post office two blocks away, you know, and she like worked her way up. But my mother would. And then Celia became our regular babysitter, but I was like two when she started and my brother was like five. So we called her Celia and she'd bring the doorbell and we'd go, Celia! That's so cute. Oh my gosh. She had this cool boyfriend who drove an old like mini school bus and he like painted it brown there was like a chess set in there what i know they're married now her <gasps> high school boyfriend oh my god celia is doing amazing um Love that for her. she does look a little bit like my brother's girlfriend which is Very interesting weird. yeah so anyways back to babysitters um the house was 
set up that the front half was open concept. The living room, dining room, and kitchen were side by side. In between the living room and dining room was an open doorway to the back half of the house. At one end was Emma's room. The other end has her parents with the bathroom connected to the parents' room. So, like, the front is open concept, Mm -hmm. and then the back is, like, a little more split up. Okay. Now, while sitting on the couch, I heard something run down the hall to the bathroom. Assuming it was just Emma going to the bathroom, I let a few minutes... I, I let her be. A few minutes went by, and I heard the feet heading back down the hall. I turned to tell her to go back and make sure she flushed, as I hadn't heard it. I love babysitters. Yeah. Um, that's like just they tell kids to flush the toilet and get paid. Yeah. Yeah. Is it worth it or no? I can't tell. Um, I hadn't heard it, but I only saw the tips of black hair that had run past the open doorway. Here's the problem. Emma is blonde. No! Plot twist. I quickly jumped up and rushed to Emma's bedroom, throwing open the door, her nightlight bright enough to make her out as she sat up and looked at me, rubbing her eyes in confusion. I asked her if she had went to the bathroom, and when she shook her head, I did a once-over of her room, checking under her bed and a quick peek in her closet. I didn't see anything, and I just told Emma I was double-checking for monsters. (laughs) Oh, actually, though, she was not lying. Yeah, true. She wasn't lying. I like that she says, I just told her, as if that's not, as if that's false. Yeah. I tucked Emma back in, saying goodnight as I headed out of her room, leaving it slightly open. I began to walk away, but stopped when I heard Emma speak. Thinking she was going to ask me something, I turned to listen, only to hear, you should have said something. Don't scare her. I really like her. Nope. Rebecca's face right now, her jaw dropped. Nope. I didn't say anything to the mom about it and continued to babysit Emma until I moved away. Until they moved away. I always made an effort after that to include the being. If Emma was drawing, an extra spot was set up. It seemed to make Emma happy and nothing ever startled me again. The end. Oh, so she just invited a little demon child to hang out with the kid she's babysitting. That's cool. Yeah, right? Just, like, welcome demons into the house. Yeah, it's a no from me. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I could never deal with a child regularly enough that, like, now there's another one who's a fucking demon or just a ghost. Like, I could never. So, she was saying... So, she was saying that the girl, Emma, was talking to the imaginary... The quote-unquote imaginary friend saying, like, oh, you should have said something? Or she yeah. said that the, the No, thing. the... She heard Emma say... Oh, you shouldn't have scared her. I really like the babysitter. So imagine... Oh, okay. So, like, imagine, like, I'm over, right, Mm -hmm. one night, and you think you hear me in in the bathroom or whatever, and, like, you see blonde hair instead of brown, and you're like, that's fucking weird. And then you check on me, and I'm passed out on the couch, as usual. Mm -hmm. And then you walk away and hear me say, oh, my God, don't scare Rebecca. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is actually horrifying. Yeah, not a fan. And I hope she got paid well. Okay. So, my next story is titled, My Son, My Grandma, and a Place Called Cryptodon. Hmm. My grandma lived to be 99 years old and passed about eight years ago. I'm now in my 40s, and to this day, I've never felt quite a connection to another human being as I shared with her. My wife was around two months pregnant with our first child when I'd gotten the word that my grandma wasn't doing so well. I was crushed that she likely wouldn't be able to meet my firstborn child. 
At this point, I lived across the country from where my grandma was, just started a new career, and my mom told me my grandma had developed bad dementia and suggested it was okay to stay home and handle my priorities versus seeing her in the state. I ultimately decided to stay home to help my pregnant wife. My grandma hung on for a couple months, then passed, and a few months later, our son was born. Now, this is an important detail for later. My son has, been in, has these insanely piercing bright blue eyes and platinum blonde hair, so mm -hmm. just keep that noted. Fast forward six months or so, and I'm in my son's room one night trying to get him to sleep. He was in his crib and suddenly turned his head a bit to look up towards the corner of the ceiling, almost as if startled. Then he started laughing hysterically, like so hard he could barely catch his breath. I'm following his line of sight and looking up there. There are no nearby pictures or decorations up there, just a blank wall in that corner of the room. The next day it happened again, so I went to get my wife from the other room so she could see how hard he was laughing. She told me that he was doing the same thing during the day the whole week while I was at work. Hmm. It became a regular occurrence multiple times a day and borderline creepy because, <laughs> because he was clearly seeing something up there. Mm -hmm. A couple months later, my mom came to visit. One night, she's helping me get my son ready for bed and we get into a conversation about my grandma's last days, particularly how her dementia was getting worse and worse as it went on until this one specific day. Here's the first kicker. She tells me this one day she goes to visit my grandma and she's in bed, her feet dancing back and forth with a huge smile on her face. And it's at first somewhat normal conversation they have in and about a month. Mom goes, wow, you're so happy today. And my grandma goes, yeah, my friend came to visit me again. And my mom goes, who's that? And the grandma says, the boy with the penguins. And my mom goes, oh, is he a boy visiting someone in the nursing home? And grandma goes, no, he lives in there. Then she points to the corner of the room near a ceiling. Mm -hmm. And to humor her, my mom asks what he looks like. Mm -hmm. And my grandma says, the boy with the blue eyes and white blonde hair. Oh, fuck. He's going to visit me every day now. At this point, my jaw is practically on the floor. She proceeds to tell me how that day forward, it's all my grandma will talk about. Every single day until the day now. Every day until the day she dies. A blue-eyed blonde boy with penguin friends who live on a tropical island inside the walls pops in to visit her. I then tell my mom about my son and the giggling and the ceiling. We were both shocked at the coincidence, and I asked, and I asked what's with the penguins? My mom had no clue, and neither do I. I want to believe at this point my grandma and son had some sort of otherworldly connection, but the rational side of me is like, she had dementia, babies do weird stuff sometimes, and penguins and tropical islands make no sense. Mm -hmm. But here's a second kicker, and I can't deny it after this. Fast forward, and my son is roughly four and a half. Out of the blue, he starts talking about this place where he used to live before he was born mm. called Cryptodon every mm. single day. And he wrote Cryptodon spelled K-R-Y-P-T-O-D-O-N. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and that's his best interpretation of spelling it. And he says Cryptodon is like a planet, but not near Earth and where people can fly in animals talk, among many other details. I listened to his stories about it and I'm happy he has such a big imagination. Mm -hmm. At this point, I had forgotten about the penguins. One day, I'm going through an old photo album and I see a picture of my grandma. I call my son over to come see the picture, and this is the first time I'm ever showing him a picture of my grandma. And he says, I know her. She's my friend from Cryptodon. <gasps> I know. My hair stands up, and I ask him to tell me more about her, and he says, she came over and ate pineapples with me and my penguins on my island when I live there. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. I then burst into tears as the details of my mom's story came rushing back to me. 
I feel like the, the probability of all this just being only coincidence is nearly impossible. I don't know what this all means, but I'm grateful to be able to finally share this. Thanks for the, for the reading. Holy shit. Yeah. That's fucking... Honestly, holy... I just... I, God, I can't. I think it's really sweet kind of the potential backstory of like you know they were friends and she kind of almost sent him to like like she passed and maybe was like this family needs you yeah, you know like pass the torch yeah exactly like a passing of the torch i don't know if you remember our guardian angel episode something similar happened mm -hmm. with my dad's grandfather who practically raised him and yes. my brother right like pop passed away and like i think it was like less than a year you know later my mom had my brother crazy and they had the similarities right the conducting music he would do as a kid and mm -hmm. the even the walk when he started walking he walked exactly like with his hands folded exactly like yeah. this behind his back and it's like so sweet that you think not only is there another place but you're still unite like you know like there's a, you know a reunion and also kind of a send-off of yes you know these people need some good news these mm -hmm. people the family has a an open the family's hiring yes. <laughs> Family has a position open. <laughs> you know, you fit the criteria. Uh -huh. You know, I think that's, I don't know. I just think that's really sweet. Yeah, um, that, that story gives me such happiness. And mm -hmm. just to know that like, oh, like even when you say, oh, I wish my grandmother were here to see my child, they've probably met. And if anything, like it was their souls work together to make this happen, to put yeah. this person in your life. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to fucking... I'm going to... Oh, my God. I have such goosebumps. Okay. So this one's called Broke into an Abandoned Hospital at 14 and Saw Something I Shouldn't Have Seen. Mm. Saw. Sorry. I was a... Oh, and it's by Impossible underscore Living underscore 96. Okay. Same. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I was a dumb fuck as a kid. I did a lot of ridiculous shit. But this encounter, just let me tell you, I learned my lesson about breaking into places that really should be left alone. Retweet. It was in the middle of the summer. Me and my friends sat on a wooden fence smoking cigarettes, thinking about what the hell to do with ourselves. That's so emo. Yeah. I love the emo. It's like the emo kids on South Park who were like, yeah, such a nonconformist. Yes. Yeah. And I love how he's the year probably born in 96. So it's like, I feel you. Yeah, exactly. I feel you. So, let me see, where was I? One of my friends suggested an abandoned hospital up the road from my house. We were unsure at first as we'd heard a lot of stories from people who had previously gone years before it was boarded up again. After much discussion, we went. It was boarded up with wood nailed to the windows. The doors were sealed shut, so there was no way we could have gotten in that way. We were going to walk away and just go home, but luckily I remembered I had something at home that I could get the boards off with. As we climbed through the window, we finally got in. It was like going through a time warp. Mm. The place wasn't heavily damaged, and the interior looked like it was from the 70s or 60s. There was still stale body towels there, too. Mm. It was eerie as hell. So, um, then they go on. Anyways, we fooled around and freaked each other out for a few hours until we had to go. Before we left, we fucked around with a fire extinguisher that had been left there. Oh, genius idea. Yeah, we'll Let's keep the night going, shall we? 
<laughs> While everyone was in the center of the hospital, I stepped out for a breather in the hallway with the window we entered through. I was at the bottom of the hallway, and I saw a pale, slender figure in a blue hospital gown climb out of the window while looking at me. He looked tired and sick. I froze and screamed. Mm. I left as soon as it disappeared. I will never forget how freaky it was. Uh. Yeah. So, there were some comments on this. Whenever I pick, like, a smaller story, I always, like, you know, want to check the comments, right? So... Someone said, here, did the figure climb out of the same window you came in through? Just wondering, since you said all the windows were boarded up. And they clarified that it was the same window I went through. I saw it. And then um, the OP said, I honestly didn't go back after that. I know it's been boarded up, but I haven't been back (laughs) since then. It's not a big hospital. It was a part of a hospital that got shut off. Mm. And I would like to emphasize that uh, the OP is, I guess, the MVP for learning their fucking lesson. Yes. Because we see so many stories that are like, yeah, fucked up shit happened. I almost died. And then I went back the next uh-huh. Saturday. Exactly. <laughs> he knew. It was a one and done thing. He was like, I'm not doing this. Loki doesn't like it. And then just one more person, um, Kinetic underscore Symphony commented. And this also I thought was interesting. It said... The figure that this figure was climbing out and not in is a very interesting detail, which I agree, right? It's not like a spirit trying to escape. Mm -hmm. Um, They say, generally, spirits appear to be bound to areas that strongly impacted their lives. But this is a hard-coded rule or more of a guideline or emotional tether. I'd guess that as spirits get older, they process their fate and history more, they'd begin to wander further and further from their originating area. It makes me wonder if others in the town you lived in saw this figure too. I bet they have, and not just in that hospital. Wow. Yeah, right? That's an interesting point. It was an interesting, like, the story's great. The, you know, um, final, the fact that it was a blue hospital gown is Mm -hmm. spooky, kooky, ooky as fuck. Super, And then as you read the comments, you find out, okay, first of all, OP is really smart for not fucking going back. And then you have this comment that's like, wait a minute. They're not trying to escape. They're trying to come in. Like, yeah. what's the story there? Uh-huh. Like, it seems like they're kind of, it, maybe it's, I, my my theory mm-hmm. is maybe their life's like on a loop where it's like they feel <gasps> stuck. Like, they're kind of like in a dome oh. where they can't get past a certain point. I so love they just that. go back to what they know. I was thinking something similar. Like, maybe, you know, however ill they were that they were in this hospital. Like, I don't know what type of hospital it was, but whatever they were there for, right? Maybe they passed in the hospital. Yes. And maybe they're like, where are all the people? And then they're like, fuck these people. They're all terrible. I'm going back to the afterlife. And the only afterlife this ghost knows is that hospital. Mm, yes. Yeah. So a lot of theories with this one, and I love that about it. Let us know what you think. Email us at justgoingthingspodcast at gmail.com. Okay. So my last story, the last story of this season. If this one makes me cry, Rebecca, I'm going to kill you. We'll say. Okay. Stay tuned. Uh, Is titled, Dead Friend Visited Me in a Dream and Gave Me Updates. So maybe. Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh, Last month, I lost a friend to COVID and was devastated. I was still feeling bad when a couple of days ago I dreamt about him. It was so vivid. I wrote it down immediately so I wouldn't forget. The dream was about this wedding I was attending. It was a long dream set in a huge hotel. I was trying to find a dress when I turned around, and there at the foot of the stairs is my friend. He goes, insert name. He looked like his younger self, healthy, wearing the shirt he always wore. And I said, George, which, by the way, isn't his real name. And 
I ran over and hugged him. The hug felt so good. I somehow knew he was dead in my dream, but wasn't scared, just really missed him. I immediately asked, do you hear me when I talk to you? I talked to him out loud in my apartment quite frequently after his death, and with a laugh, he said, all the time. (laughs) Then he asked, do you want me to visit you as well? And I said, yes. Then I asked him how I would know if he's there, and he just smiled looking far away. For some reason, I kissed him and said, I love you. And he said in a very unemotional manner that he doesn't have many memories of us anymore. He said he only had a few. I was embarrassed and changed the subject and said, oh, yeah, what's heaven like? And then he smiled and said, there's music. He was a musician in this life. Um, And for some strange reason, just looking at his eyes, I got the feeling that heaven isn't all harps and calmness. It seemed lively and had a lot of things happening. Then my friend said with a laugh, there's also someone who punches you. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like my vibe. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Two things in one. It's a two for one. I was confused and ignored it. It felt like I asked him so many questions, but I only remembered a few. And that time was simultaneously fast and slow. It was just overall a very weird feeling. Then there was this sense of time running out that I could only describe as like an arcade game when you don't have coins anymore and it just goes into auto mode. So he was there, but not all there. The strangest thing about this is that it didn't feel like he was part of the dream. It was like he interrupted it. You know those dreams about dead people, but they somehow play a part in the narrative of the dream? Like they have a role that's within the dream, quote, story, end quote. This wasn't like that. It was like he popped up out of nowhere. But it was a great experience, and I truly believe it was some sort of astral visit, and I hope he does it again. Yeah. I love that. Something really sweet about that is that, you know, usually when people kind of, I don't know how, you know, the friend passed away, like with COVID, if it was fast or short, but a lot of times, particularly when like younger people pass away suddenly, you know, it's harder to kind of hear from them because they didn't see it coming. So Mm -hmm. they say, you know, like with, especially like when you meet with a medium, Mm -hmm. you know, which I found out only recently, if someone's recently passed away, you know, they might not come through Mm -hmm. because they're still getting adjusted to the afterlife. They might not even know, you know, they might be residually around, but they might not even know, you know, so why would they, you know, communicate through a medium or if that's the type of communication skill the medium has. Right. So it's really heartwarming that, you know, the friend, the poster lost was right there within, you know, when you look at how, when COVID started, I mean, you know, what, Over 18 months. Ago, yeah. I think it's, I think it's awesome when, it, when the person that passed was describing heaven as if it's, it's not just harps and calmness. Like I, I cause I'm I, glad I know to expect that on the off chance they accept me into heaven. I'm glad that it's I will, actually somewhat yeah. like there's hustle, like there's stuff mm-hmm. happening. It's mm-hmm. not just this like, just this one white cloud of just white. And yeah. And everything is just quiet and serene. I don't want that. I want to be having a good ass You're going to be the one punching people. Yes. I'm gonna and I'm going to be the one going, yeah. <laughs> Punch that motherfucker. Follow her in the afterlife. <laughs> at- uh, all right. Our afterlife podcast will really be taking off. Yes. <laughs> Scary stories about the living. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Yeah, the living. We're doing it. Remember, I remember when we were at Peri-Unity... We saw Grant Wilson speak, and he went, oh, I'm not scared of the dead. It's the living that scare me. Resonated with me to this very day. I became an adult after that and realized uh-huh. that he is very, yeah, that's very true. He's woke. Yeah, woke He's woke. 
Um, okay, so on that note, that ends this episode, this season of Just Ghouly Things. Thank you again so much, Boo Things, for supporting us oh. and listening to all our episodes. Oh my gosh. I'm like I'm like emo over this. Like my brother's friends were over last night and I was telling one of them about the podcast and like how it like so has like spun into like what almost what we didn't expect. Like yeah. what we wanted, obviously. But, yeah, but like um, we were like, yeah, like let's shit around on on fucking garage talk band. Talk about ghosts, yeah. And see where it goes. And it's Oh my god, I like I sound so cheesy saying this, but like without our listeners, like it it wouldn't have happened. Absolutely not. We wouldn't no. be on a season four. We would have been exactly. like Exactly. Season one, episode four would have just been the last episode or something yes. like that. So thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. And this isn't a forever thing. We just have to emphasize that enough. It's just a couple yes. weeks. End of season, <laughs> not series. Exactly. That's a very important um, differentiation yes. of wording because series, if we talked about that, this would be a much more emotional episode. Oh my um, God. But that's not happening anytime soon, guys. We're still here to stay and tell you guys spooky, kooky, kooky stories. Yes. Your girls just need a break. Yes, we need a break. Rebecca's got a wedding to plan. I've got um, health problems. <laughs> that, that's a whole other thing. I got dog. Oh yeah, we didn't get into that, but um, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah, maybe we'll do like a life update. Maybe, yeah, we <laughs> should do like through. a season four opener of just like what's wrong with Lily. And, and that's like, what you missed on. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, Lily, you ready to shout out our socials? Born ready. All right, follow us on Instagram at Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Ghouly Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Ghouly Things Podcast group. Donate to that Patreon. Which has a new vlog coming um, hopefully next week. Okay. I'll use uh, the block of time when we usually record to edit it. Perfect. Uh, that is Just Ghouly Things Podcast. And you can totally buy our merch. Just Ghouly Things. Well, okay, wait. Let me restart <laughs> that one. I got so into the rhythm of it. Tpublic.com. You search Just Ghouly Things Podcast for our classic logo. Right? Mm-hmm. Is the other logo on there? Or um, is it only on RebeccaRuber.com slash shop? The new logo is on RebeccaRuber.com slash yes. shop. Yes. But the original logo is also on Public, And we also have other different sayings that are spooky, kooky, ooky, paranormal, funny stuff mm-hmm. on Public. So yes. see what you want. Yeah, see what you want. Do a little shopping it like me. It us regardless. Yeah, so. exactly. So. And uh, if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience you'd like to share in our show starting season four, <gasps> feel free to email us at justfullythingspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, <laughs> Boo Things, and we will see you next season. Goodbye. Alex Knight, the world's foremost authority on Bigfoot research, heads to Canada to investigate a profoundly incredible Bigfoot encounter. His daughter, Sydney, eagerly joins the expedition. Accompanied by reluctant Toronto television hostess Amira Ali, Sid and her father's team adventure north in pursuit of the legendary Sasquatch. Prophecy from a forgotten Algonquin tribe and a mystical calling deeply connects Sydney to the creature. The revelation of unknown truths ensures that Sydney will never see the forest or herself the same again. Get your copy of James Allen Ross's Spirit of the Woods, the story of a young woman's encounter with Bigfoot. Now for the price of $9.99 paperback and $0.99 on Kindle. Available on Amazon now.